You are listening to the Every Effort Podcast. Your name is Matt. It is, and your name is Jocelyn, I hope. Yep, that is right. We are engaged, ready to be betrothed and wedded, (laughs) so we might or might not know a thing or two about life, but we do know that we are so blessed, a little stressed, and making every effort to figure out the rest. We're We're just trying to be real, guys. There's like too much fakeness in the world. I think it has bothered us so much to a point where we needed to make a podcast where we just try to talk things out and it not being like, this is right or this is wrong, but kind of like just starting conversations of what we struggle with, what we love in our life and how can we do better and we're not always going to get it right. But if you are here, you are in the right place. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad we're doing stuff like this because I feel like it's also about setting expectations. Like I think social media and everything that we watch online gives us this idea of like, what does it actually mean to be a good friend? Or even like if you watch The Bachelor, you expect like a normal wedding to be $200,000 and then we need to talk about what is it like just for normal people? Yeah, we found out actually this week, I asked ChatGPT about what the average cost of a wedding was in Los Angeles. And it said 36,000. Matt's guess was 25. Maybe that's like a better national average, but 36 is ridiculous. I, we are not coming anywhere close to that. It's just, I don't know, just the way we decided to do things. Yeah. And well, what's crazy about that is first of all, the fact that chat GPT is your go-to question and answer source is amazing for me but <laughs> like there i i haven't looked at the numbers lately but there's no way the average person who's our age like their net worth is more than that like that to me that tells me that people are spending so much more not just in like the amount of money but more than they even have on a wedding which is crazy yeah just just talking about averages alone is like yeah to be that young, which is why people don't get married that young here in LA and SoCal. Like people wait till they're what, like early thirties, mid thirties. Um, I think that's what my my sister did, and you know, nothing wrong with that. But um, I think there's a lot of like obstacles and things that we people feel like they have to do and get through before they get married. But anyways, this is not a marriage <laughs> podcast. We just kind of just talk about whatever it's comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but maybe we can connect caring people, caring about pe- caring people. What is that? <laughs> caring about people with um, with marriage, right? Like marriage is caring about another person, but how do you even do that? Yeah, well, to me, the reason that this episode was so interesting, and I remember mentioning this on. A previous conversation we had but like as we're becoming young adults i feel like there's this weird set of expectations around what our friends can do to care for us because mm-hmm. when we're younger if we have a need our parents provide for that like they step in and they take care of the problem and now that we're adults we own our problems in a different way so now it's like well what can a friend do and there's this weird expectation that like through social media and even like rom-coms and stuff we expect people to just whisk our problems away but biblical knowledge and a lot of like mental health professionals you know the advice is a lot less severe like we can help and we can support each other but there's this weird set of expectations that we have from being kids yeah i think we deeply want people to care more for us but 
we need it done practically, right? Like none of this, like, oh, thoughts and prayers with you stuff, right? Mm. We need like actual actions shown that people care about us. Well, I don't know if I would rule out thoughts and prayers. I think that's still like a genuine thought and can be more caring. Like some people really follow up on those prayers. Like we have have a guy in our Bible study group who, when he says he's praying for you, like every single day of that week, he will pray about that very specifically. Mm -hmm. But I think you have a really good point. It's a lot more than that. And it's like this weird balance between... I can't like take on your problem because that's not, you know, it's not my role in your life. Like Jesus is the one that you're supposed to take up his yoke and he can make it lighter. But how do we help people in our lives kind of walking along the same path? Yeah, yeah. Without parenting them or having to feel or be responsible for them. And yeah, no, I totally agree that like, you know, prayer and like thinking about something, someone through prayer is useful and good and helpful but i i I was thinking like thoughts and prayers in like the culture sense of it Uh, where it's like oh (laughs) sending it your way like what does that mean no send it to god like i don't need to be receiving more information about myself like i know enough already (laughs) well i feel like that's like when someone loses someone or something like the Mm. natural outpouring is people like commenting on social media or sending them texts. And that's really nice that you're thought of. Yeah. But one thing that I hear so often, and this isn't something I'm good at at all, but when I hear older people talk because they're the more like personable generation, like they had genuine in-person relationships. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, don't ask what they need. Don't say, Hey, I'm here for you. Like go drop off food on their doorstep. Go like bring them something. Go show up and just be with them for a little bit. Like yeah. I think to that to your point, like the actual actions show a lot more than kind of the offers or like the reach outs. Yeah, I think our generation is really awkward around other people being in pain <laughs> or hurting. It's just like Yeah. Oh, you're going through that? Uh okay. And then you mm-hmm. just like don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So here's the encouragement that you can do something with it, like eliminate that awkwardness and do something with it. Right. Well, that's I think that's the pressure we feel is like when let's say like you just lost your uncle or something like really sad. Uh And my thought is like, oh, what can I do to help that pain or what can I do to take that pain away? But I I think that's the wrong thought. Like that's not Mm. my job as your friend. My job as your friend is to help support you through that. So I feel like I'm putting way too much pressure on me and setting unrealistic expectations. And then that's what makes it awkward is I like think, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, but I don't have to. Like you just lost your uncle. What you need is just people in your life caring for you and helping take care of, you know, your more basic needs. Like, hey, I'll, I'll bring you dinner. I'll just spend some time with you. I'll give you a phone call and talk about how you're doing. I think those are the ways that show that you care and are like a healthy way of hey, I can't take away your pain, but I can be here with you. And we're figuring that out as we go. Right. So how can people, how can we know like what we can give to our friends and family when they're going through something, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how do we know if they need food or just presence or prayer? I think if you're thinking about it, the answer is they need it. Like, I, I don't think there's ever a time where someone is struggling or going through something where dropping off 
a nice homemade meal or if you're far away door dashing them you know their favorite type of food i don't think that's ever going to upset them even if they end up like not eating it or throwing it away like someone went through this motion to show hey i care about you i love you i'm thinking about you and i think that's worth way more than the practical level of like oh did i need this meal did i already have lunch prepared i think it's more about showing up for people and saying I don't know what's right. I, I don't know what I can do to take your pain away, but here's something that I can do to show you that you're loved, you're cared for, and everything's going to be okay. Hmm. So you're saying just do anything, like whatever first thing comes to mind. Yeah, I don't think it has to be the quote unquote right thing, but mm -hmm. if a verse comes to mind, share that verse with them. If there was a book that you read that helped you through this thing, like w whatever you can think of that's just, you know what, if I was in this position, that's what I would want. I would mm -hmm. want a nice warm meal. I would want a friend there with me. Yeah, I think, that's a good point. Yeah, a I think asking yourself what you would want in that situation. Mm hmm. And I think action is way more, way better than inaction. Like, I don't think there's something that you can do that's going to make it worse unless you're like overbearing or being way crazy. But showing that you care is the best thing to do. It might not be the perfect way or exactly what they were looking for, but I think the intention behind it says all that the person needs. Mm -hmm. What do you like people doing for you when, when you are, say, sick? Well, when I'm sick, I, I really like, and you do a really good job of this, is sick care packages. So <laughs> whenever I'm sick, and it happens more often than I'd like, yes. is um, so Jocelyn will drop off this really good soup from Vons that's like a, just a giant container of chicken noodle soup, and it's delicious. And mm. she'll bring vitamin water, and then usually like a protein bar or some kind of like little snack or two to get me through it. And it just makes me feel cared for in a way that hey, how are you feeling? Hey, how are you doing? Like, she took time and, you know, she's got plenty going on, but she thought about what I needed. She went out and did it. She took the time to drop it off. Like, it feels like that stuff is from her in a way that reminds me physically that I'm cared for more so than, you know, a text or a call could ever do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had... I in college I had a lot of people who would who do something similar for me and I think that's where I picked it up of like oh wow this was really thoughtful and you don't mm -hmm. have to make like a whole package right like especially if you know you're trying to budget with finances finances and whatnot but I think it's it really is the thought like it's almost like like if it were me being sick too it's like I don't really care what's in the package just the fact that someone came and did that for me Mm -hmm. means a lot you know that they have their busy lives and busy schedules and and they still made time for me too right and i like this term that i've heard a little bit recently it's called resourcing like oh i'm going to resource you and i never thought about that as an action but to me it's a way that you know you can do something outside of you that doesn't mean that you have to do the right thing like i might not might not know the right words to help you through grief, but I can share this quote that helped me, or I can share this book, or mm -hmm. I can give you the food. Like, I don't know how to make you feel better physically, but hey, I can give you this soup that I know I like when I'm sick. Like those little things that kind of take the pressure of what's the right thing to do off because, you know, someone else has already provided that and now you're just passing it along to that person. Mm -hmm. To me, showing those ways that you care is way more important than doing the right thing or like really understanding exactly what they need. It's just the idea that someone took this thought and care and provided something to you. Yeah. But if someone is 
going through a hard time and they're like, man, I would really just love to have like just bags of marshmallows that really comforts <laughs> me. And then you like bring them a bag of nuts. Like sometimes you just got to listen. Like if people are mm-hmm. telling you explicitly, like what would help them? Like, Get them the bag of nuts if you want to, but they asked for marshmallows, so maybe be a little more thoughtful to just get them what they asked for. Um, yeah, so I do have a question about this topic, too. What about, like, how do I phrase this? Like, caring burnout? Mm. Where you just kind of stress yourself out about how to do and do things for other people and help other people, and then you just end up burning yourself out because you mm-hmm. are quote unquote caring so much. How is that how is that managed? That's a really good question. And I think to me the first thing that comes to mind is this idea that we prioritize people and we care for people, but they're not our responsibility. Mm-hmm. So to me it's setting boundaries in the way you care. Like it's not setting boundaries in like saying something to the person, but you know, if I know that this person's going through a lot and I really want to be there for them, but I also, maybe I'm going through something and maybe I have this other stuff. I can make it really clear like, hey, I'm going to come by every Wednesday night and I'll stop by for an hour. I'll have a coffee with you and, you know, I'll be there for you. Like setting that expectation and saying, look, this is what I can do. And, you know, it's not only you, you're not the only person who can care for this person, but putting in that effort, putting in that time, I think it shows a lot more just that you're doing something. It may not be everything that that person needs, but I think there's a way to healthily lay out, this is what I can do and this is how I can show I care, but also put that line in the sand to make sure you're taking care of yourself because you know you might be going through something, you might have a lot on your plate as well. And yeah. it's harder to care for someone if you're caring so much that now you're not taking care of yourself and now you're struggling, right? And now you right. might resent that person or, you know, just make it more challenging. Yeah. So it comes down to really asking yourself, like, am I going to resent, re- have resentment after doing this thing? That's, mm. that's, you tell me if, if this is wrong thinking, is that where we draw the line? I like that. And this is something that you've told me a lot lately that I really enjoy is um, a podcaster we like often says, choose guilt over resentment, like choose to say no up front more than choose to be resentful later. So I think that that is probably the right line to draw is like, do I feel good pouring this out? You know, it might be challenging. You might be pushing yourself, but do I feel like I'm doing the right thing? Do Mm -hmm. I feel fulfilled? Do I feel like I'm being a good friend by doing this? Or am I just gritting my teeth and just being angry at this person the whole time I'm doing it? Because Mm -hmm. it's not good for your heart. And now you're not being a good friend to that person because you're kind of silently damaging your relationship. Yeah. I think it's really hard for us and our peers to put this whole caring thing into practice honestly Mm -hmm. like i think we can become very independent very self-secluded and it it takes a lot more energy it seems like to care about people you know what Mm -hmm. i don't even think it's just our generation i think it's a lot of generations it's just in american culture it's almost like not it's not expected to care for people it's always such a surprise and it should be a more normal thing in the church especially mm-hmm. but you can't really start it unless unless like you exhibit it right like set the example 
Yeah, and I think setting that example can start in the good times, too. Like, I think when people are struggling and when people are going through something, that's when you can really show up and show them that they're cared for. But it's a seed that you can plant when things are good. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've grown a lot closer with our friends celebrating the successes, like going out to lunch for people's birthdays. And when people get get a new job, we have something fun at Bible study or we just take some time to talk about it and celebrate it. Like, I think reminding people that they're loved and have a close community of people who care Mm -hmm. when things are good kind of brings that naturally into not feeling lost or alone or abandoned when things get really hard. Right, right. How can we as a generation be encouraged to care for people? Like what can give us that that like pat on the back or massage on the back mm. to just get us <laughs> get us revving up to help the next person that comes our way? Oh man, that's such a good question because my initial reaction is we should all just jump up and down to do it, right? Like I would love if we were all such <laughs> caring and loving people that that's exactly what we wanted to do and we felt fulfilled by it. But, you know, we're broken and selfish human beings and I feel like for me the biggest factor is that I would want someone to do this if I were in their situation. Mm-hmm. Like if I lost someone, I would want someone to show up to my house. And to me that justifies the awkwardness. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to feel really awkward going and talking to this person because I have no idea what to say. I don't know how to comfort this person. But if I was in their shoes, I'd want someone to just come and show that I'm cared for and show that there are people in my life who are there for me when things are hard. So Mm -hmm. to me, that's the motivation. But what do you think is the best way to keep us kind of pushing through those hard times and pouring out even when it's not the easy thing to do? Um, I think it all can boil down to just Jesus doing that for us i don't i don't want it to to sound like a guilting thing of like jesus did this for you and you should be doing this but i think when you like understand how much jesus has done for you and have built a relationship with him i think it it comes more naturally over time like i think the closer Hmm. you are to god the more you want to serve his children and your friends and your family and just provide when they when they need something and um, try to foresee their needs as well. I think that's something that God does for us where I think we've all can ex- like talk about a time where like, wow, God has like provided this thing in my life before I even knew I needed it or Mm. he gave me what I needed and not what I wanted during this period in my life and I think that is an attribute that we can also develop in our relationships where we can foresee the needs of others so I think you know reading the word and just learning about who Jesus is how he cared for people involved a lot of food (laughs) (laughs) and just meeting their basic needs right because when you do that you you form trust and when you form trust with your non-christian friends and that can be an opening place for them to learn about Jesus learn about the mm. bible and when you build trust within christians that is the body of christ and it's it's honoring god like you honor god either way so i just think there are endless ways to learn about how to care for people in in mm. the bible and sometimes you have to read a little bit closely do a little bit of of uh, reading comprehension um, <laughs> to know what is God doing in this passage or what does Jesus really mean or what is Jesus who does Jesus care about the most mm. and it is the hurt 
and the sick and the afflicted. Yeah. I really like what you said about foreseeing their needs, because I think you put that really well, that that's something God does so well for us. But something that we can do so much better for others is just getting to know them and getting to know their lives. Because if I just see, okay, Jocelyn's sick, then yeah, I might be able to bring over some soup. But if I know you well enough to know, oh my gosh, she she just lost her job the other month and her, her brother is sick. Like if you know all these things about their lives, you can see, oh my gosh, they're going through a lot. Maybe they haven't mm-hmm. even expressed it yet, but let's take them out to lunch. Let's do something nice for them. Like mm-hmm. you can help them be in a healthy place and be reminded before they're, you know, calling out for help mm-hmm. or before all the signs are there just by getting to know people and understanding where they're at in life. I, I really like how you put right. that. It's kind of foreseeing their needs and it's not like assuming their motives or saying, oh, wow, this happened. So they must feel this way. But hey, you know what? If I went through this, I'd, I'd really like to have a, a nice day out with some friends or I'd really like to go out to lunch after church. Like just those little things to like maintain each other in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also what you're saying is essentially like putting yourself in someone else's shoes Mm -hmm. mentally like i think that can actually relieve a lot of anxiety and stress in our own Mm. lives when we aren't focused on our own problems because they feel Mm -hmm. a lot bigger that way the more we focus on them the bigger they get the more like in our face they get (laughs) but when you think about someone else's problems i think that builds a heart of compassion and also enables you to think about their needs yes and yeah, just just think out think outside of your own life. And I think that is something that is very comforting for us mentally to not have a space where we think about our problems, but we're trying to make something good about something happening to someone else. Like it just seems like a win-win because you're training yourself to think positively and you're thinking about others and you're trying to focus less on your own issues, your own life, your own mm-hmm. advancements and So I think there's really good benefit all around for doing something like that. Yeah, I think empathy, exactly what you said, is it builds so much character. And this is a thought I've I've had before, but I think society ceases to exist if we don't have empathy. Like if I can't Mm. look at you and imagine what you're going through and put myself in your shoes, I, I don't know how we can have a relationship. Like that's what we need to do for each other as friends. And I believe that empathy is so much more than, like you said it really well, just thinking about other people, like getting outside of your own body, but not just thinking like, how would I feel if that happened to me? But saying like, how would I feel if I were this person? Like, you know, because yeah. we all With, react like, to things. all things considered. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, it's not very empathetic of me to say, oh, well, if that happened, it'd be no big deal. I wouldn't care. Well, no, but that's saying how I would react. It's not saying right. if I were Jocelyn, if I viewed the world this way, if I went through these experiences, if I was this type of person and felt this way, how would that feel for me? And like mm-hmm. sitting in that and really working through that, I think gives you so much more perspective. And it also helps you be a more insightful friend to not just say, you know, like not just deal with the surface level issues, but say, you know, what, I, I've seen this or man, are you are you feeling this too? And like helping them get a little bit deeper and understand what's going on better. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the gifts of like therapy and people who really understand mental health is they can get down to core issues. And I think yeah. that comes from a place of empathy and being able to say, if this is how I viewed the world, this is how I would feel. And now I can talk to that person intelligently and on their level. So I think spending time thinking, oh my gosh, what, what would it be like if I was this person today? What would they be going through? What would they want? How can I provide for that person and care for them in a better way? Yeah. I, 
I've always admired um, Matt's ability or your ability. Should I have first person, third person, <laughs> um, his ability <laughs> to have empathy for people. Because I, I'm just a super logical person. Like sometimes I'm just like confused with how much um, someone can feel for for someone else. So that is something I I do admire about you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it makes us a really good team that you're logical and I'm a little more on the emotional side because I'll be thinking about how people feel and the right way to approach things. And you will just say, like, you have really insightful questions that help people get down to what's going on. And sometimes that's a really good thing that people need, too, is Mm -hmm. they need to address things and they need to, like, just get things out and be able to talk about them. And I think asking those deeper questions, not just like, hey, how are you feeling, but like, where does this come from? When did this start happening? Like those questions that get people to really dig at the root issue and bring up things because sometimes just getting something off your chest that you didn't know was eating at you can can be really relieving and be really healing too. Yeah. So I think there's both sides of it. There's the empathy and then there's just the logical, like asking the question that's right on the table so that they can feel like they have a space to talk about those things. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad that we are a team in that that way. As an example, it'd probably be something like Matt will be like, "Oh, so and so is sick," like, and they really like kites, but they have to be out outdoors all day at the beach for volunteering. We should go get him a, a kite, and I'll just be like, "There are no stores that sell kites <laughs> nearby us," and like, are like, "What about something else?" And I don't know. I I think that, yeah. I think that we do work well together sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> We're figuring it out as we go. Yeah. But yeah, on the topic of caring for people, if you have a specific instance in your life uh, where someone could be struggling with addiction, then um, check out episode 28. Maybe that'll give you a little bit more understanding of where they're coming from and just how to view them as a person, as a friend, or maybe even family member. Um, So episode 28, if this topic really spoke to you, there's a little more content there for you in 28. And again, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been, this feels like one of those conversations that we're going to keep figuring it out and we don't have all the answers right, but I think hearing from other people and honestly hearing from all of you, what's helped you feel cared for and loved and what you've experienced. So we'd love for you to engage with us on social media. We're at Every Effort Podcast on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. And we'd love to hear directly from you. You can reach out to us on social media or through our website, everyeffortpodcast.com. If you can also rate and review or give us a follow wherever you're uh, listening to our podcast, that's just a great way to help grow our audience and be a part of what we're doing here. See you all next week. Bye, guys. See you next Tuesday. Bye.